So you don't get clapping when you pay your rent at the end of the month. There is not that structure anymore. And so it's no surprise that as adults, we are dissatisfied because we're not getting the same reward system that we were brought up on as kids. You're listening to the Rich and Hired Podcast with Chelsea Stokes. Chelsea is a former recruiter for one of the top media companies in the world who transitioned her dream job after years of corporate burnout. Today, she's a career coach who has helped hundreds of women all over the world upgrade their careers, lifestyle, mindsets, and bank accounts. Listen in each week as she dives into the unconventional topics that can help you get to the next level of your career and life. Don't forget to rate and subscribe if you love the podcast. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Rich and Hired podcast. I'm Chelsea Stokes. If you don't already know me, I'm a crew coach and I do this podcast every week. <laughs> and we're talking about typically the unconventional topics that maybe you haven't heard of or haven't thought about in terms of your career and job searching. And today I feel like I'm going to be talking about a topic that I feel like I really haven't heard anybody talk about before. Maybe they have and I just haven't heard it, but I think it's really, really important for my overachievers out there. And what I want to talk about today is why overachieving kids become unhappy employees and what to do about it. So we're going to be breaking that down. And like I said, if you saw this podcast episode and you wanted to listen to it, I'm assuming that you are a overachiever or a recovering overachiever like myself. So you're in good company. I feel like I always attract people who have been overachievers, who have been perfectionist, who really just want to do good work in the world and can't quite figure out why they haven't been able to have a career where they feel like they can use that skill set of, you know, working really hard and doing good work in a way that feels sustainable and balanced to them or even in finding a place where they can be valued for that. I meet so many people where they just don't feel valued for the work that they're doing. And I feel like we approach this, you know, trying to find value in our work if we are overachievers and in a way that doesn't serve us best. So I'm going to break that down today and hopefully just give you some insight into how you can maybe start to shift this. And I am going to be talking mostly about kind of our inner child and how we started as overachieving kids most likely and how that kind of is manifested into our adult life and our working life. And again, just how we can start to shift that. So I'm super excited about this episode today. I actually came up with this episode idea because I saw a someone created a TikTok where they basically it's a video of them in the car and there's like a screaming sound in the back and they said this is how it sounds inside my head knowing I was an overachieving student my whole life and now I'm just a very average employee trying to survive each week. This is from someone named Alyssa with one L and I appreciated her TikTok. I stitched it. It's on my TikTok if you want to take a look at it. And it just, I I said in the how I responded to it um, a couple of things, but I'm going to be breaking it down in much de- more detail today in the podcast, of course. But I really just saw this and I resonated with it so much because I remember 
being a straight A student. I remember school coming very easily to me. And I don't know about you, but I really liked school. And even if you didn't like school, I feel like we can all agree that, you know, school had a structure and a formula that we were all aware of. That formula was you do your homework and you get a grade or a gold star. You go to track or field hockey or soccer or whatever. You do sports and you get a goal. You get the celebration at the end. You get the pasta parties. You you get a trophy, right? There's all of these rewards that we get from, from either doing work in school, doing extracurriculars. I remember too, like I was in orchestra and, you know, at the end of the year or twice a year, we would have a performance. We'd have a concert and everyone would come and we would, you know, work really hard that year or that semester and we'd work on all our songs and then all the parents would come and they'd watch us and they'd clap and you know we me and my family would get dinner afterwards and we'd celebrate that you know I (laughs) did this concert whatever and so basically from the time we're in preschool to the time we're graduating high school we're in this environment and we learn that there are rewards for our actions and a lot of times there are these tangible rewards, right? Even if, again, you were someone that didn't do well in school or, you know, maybe you struggled in school, you at least were aware of this, right? I think that there are many people out there, especially, you know, I've started to work with more neurodivergent clients and, you know, school didn't always work for neurodivergent clients or, you know, people that maybe even were just type B personalities, you know, more creative personalities that needed more freedom than what a lot of schools provide. In those cases, right, um, maybe you didn't do as well in school if you fall in those categories, and that's to nobody's fault, uh, it's, but you were aware that there was this reward system, right? And if you fall in the category that you did fit into school, into school structure, and you understood it, and you did good in school, and you did your homework, and you got your grades, right? You, We all grew up understanding, right, that you, you go to school, and there's these different rewards you get. And if you went to college, that usually continues into college, right? You go to class and you get an A or you get a B or you get a C or an F or whatever, right? There are immediate and long-term rewards and actions for the things that you're doing all the time. So basically, from the time we're what, what time, when do we go to preschool? Five to the time we're potentially 22, you know, depending on how you go about school, 22 years or let's see 22 5 so that's 8 8 uh, 17 17 years that we're in this environment and our most formative years our most formative years for our brain are in this environment so a lot of i mentioned this before in other podcasts but a lot of psychologists agree that by the time you're seven to eight, eight years old a lot of your systems a lot of your belief systems are already formed so in the time period that a lot of psychologists agree that we're forming our belief systems, our value systems, we're in this structure of, okay, you do this and you get an immediate reward. So we've gone through all this time. We've gone through school, right? We've gone through college. Then we graduate and we get into the real world. And the real world is nothing like school, (laughs) It's nothing like college. There is no immediate reward. There is no one clapping for us at the end of orchestra. There's no trophies that we're getting. 
It doesn't work like that. You don't get a reward for paying your bills. You don't get clapping when you pay your rent at the end of the month. There is not that structure anymore. And so it's no surprise that as adults, we are dissatisfied because we're not getting the same reward system that we were brought up on as kids. I would say in terms of the working world that the closest thing that we get to this reward is promotions, raises, interviews, and job offers. Those are the most immediate kind of rewards that I see. However, promotions and raises happen maybe once a year, right? Maybe once a year. And interviews and offers, you know, it really varies depending on how effective your job search strategy is. You could have multiple offers. But I've talked about this in previous podcast episodes. I don't love using interviews and offers as a measure of success because if you're not getting those things, you're not going to feel good. Even promotions and raises, that doesn't really reflect your value at all. That just reflects if your company felt like they wanted to promote you or not. This is going to be so interesting because, okay, we have this reward system, right, that we learned about in school. The only thing in the working world that we're really seeing that is equivalent to that is promotions, raises, job offers, and interviews. And we only get those things sometimes. And then when we don't get those things, how does that affect our value? How does that make you feel? Think about any time where you got rejected from an interview or you didn't get the promotion that you wanted. How did you feel and how did that affect your value either as an employee or as an individual? I know for me, I really tied up so much of my worth into my career and the success I got out of my career. And again, of course I did this because I grew up as a kid. I personally, I was the type of kid that just, I understood school. Like immediately I was just like, I get this, right? And I just knew I had to cram all the information in my head for the test. I had to take the test and then I could forget about it the next day. I understood that. And I definitely like worked hard and, you know, did the things I felt like I needed to do. But at the end of the day, I just had that I was privileged enough to just be able to fit in that kind of school structure. So when I got into my career, I overworked myself because I wanted to get those same rewards. I craved it. I want I wanted the dopamine from those from that gratification from people saying, "Good job," right? And so, it's no surprise <laughs> that I got burnt out number 1 as many of you know in my career. But number 2, it's no surprise that my value was affected by just being in the working world because I was looking for those rewards and when I didn't get them, I didn't feel valued enough. So this is why I think a lot of us as overachievers, as kids, got in the working world and now we're unhappy employees because we're trying to operate in the same structure and the same reward and belief system that we formed when we were kids in a school system. So before we talk about how to shift this, because there is a way to shift this if you're resonating with this episode so far and you're feeling like, yes, I totally feel like this, then before we talk about how to shift this, I just want us all to understand that we are all basically adults that have kids inside of us. 
the whole entire world is just being run by kids and adult bodies. <laughs> because again, at the core of us, a lot of our belief systems, a lot of the way we operate, a lot of the way we make decisions is based on a formula that we formed from the time we were seven to eight years old. Now, of course, we obviously become adults and, you know, understand how society works and how to operate, how to be polite and how to, you know, live in society. But the core of our brains, of our subconscious mind, of our actions are coming from the place of our inner child. So if we know, right, if we can at least just agree and understand that we're operating as kids in adult bodies, then we have to start to reparent our inner child, reteach our inner child. You'd even say for the purpose of this episode, reteacher your inner child to be able to teach them a new value system where we can start to not outsource our value anymore, but start to bring our value back to us and know our value within ourselves. So What this means is, you know, in the school system, we learned to outsource our value. You were valuable, whether you were valued basically on if you got an A, B, a C, or D, whatever. And my heart goes out to anybody that didn't do well in school. And I hope that you had parents who still supported you. But I know that there are a lot of parents out there that that didn't do that. And oh man, you, y'all, inner child work will be so valuable for you if you fall into this category. It'll be valuable for anybody. But, you know, it's just, it's a terrible system because, you know, you're literally, your value is based on getting the grade that you get, on getting that gold star, on if you came in first, second, or third. And so you've outsourced your value, right? In whatever way, whether it was a trophy, whether it was getting first chair in the violin or last chair, getting an A or an F, you were outsourcing your value throughout all of your schooling, whatever that was. And so in the working world, because you learned it this way, you continue to likely outsource your value into things like promotions and raises, interviews, offers, those things we talked about earlier. So what we know is that that likely isn't working for you. I know it wasn't working for me and it's not working for a lot of my clients. So if we know that outsourcing our value isn't working, we have to shift that. And there's so many reasons why outsourcing our value doesn't work. But one of the things is that you can't control it or you can only control it so much. You can control it a lot more, I think, in the school system because, again, there's kind of like a formula. But in the real world, you can't really control if your company is going to give you a promotion or a raise. Like uh, you can in some sense. There are strategies and things you can do. But there are times where you could literally do everything that's in your realm of control and still not get a promotion or raise. And side note, that's when it's time to leave. But you you can't control if your company is going to to give you that or not, right? It's going to be based on budgets or, you know, what your manager wants or what your leadership team wants. So if you can't control that or if you can only control that partially, then we can't outsource our value to something that we can't control fully because that's not that's not something that we're going to we're not going to define our value off of what somebody else thinks or what someone else is going to decide. We're going to define your value off of what you decide and what you want. 
So we basically have to bring it back to what is in your control. And what is fully in your control is how you value yourself, is how you see your value and how you define your value. You control that 100%. So to start to, again, shift from this external validation to internal validation, we have to start to love on that inner child. That's definitely the first step. That The first step is just recognizing that childlike version of ourselves in ourselves and honoring them. So the first thing that you could do is literally just visualize whatever comes to mind first in terms of that overachiever kid. Imagine them and you can even like, it might sound weird, but you can have a conversation with them. Like You can literally close your eyes if you're driving, don't do this, but you can literally close your eyes and try to get quiet in your mind, focus on your breathing visualize this overachieving kid see if you can notice like what age are they like what are they wearing are they in any environment in particular like are they at school are they at home and ask them what do you need what do you need right now you know what can I give to you and that can be a great place to start just to try to connect with that overachieving kid I know for me like as an overachiever I think I was just I think I was looking to make my parents happy and just to like keep things calm at home by doing really good work in school. I think that I thought if I was a really good kid and a really good student, that some of the things we had going on at home, which I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, but growing up, you know, like many kids, my parents didn't always get along. And so I think that the way I coped with that is by saying, well, I'm going to be doing really good in school so that... I don't cause any more problems at home, right? And so if I were going to talk to my overachieving kid, I would just tell them like, you don't have to carry that weight. You don't have to carry all of that. You, you know, Doing well in school is good and healthy for you, but you don't have to take on the extra responsibility and the stress of trying to overachieve. You're already doing enough. You already are enough. You already are worthy, right? So that is a great first place for you to start is to just try and connect with that inner child version of you. And there's so much we can do here, but again, just for the purpose of this episode and keeping it not too, too long, I'm just going to kind of leave it there. The second thing that you can do is to start to Reevaluate your worth internally. So, again, I really do not love using interviews or offers or raises or promotions as a sign of success or a measure of success in your career or your job search. Now, I've mentioned this in previous episodes like, obviously, getting some interviews is in some ways a measure of success in your job search, but at the end of the day, we only have so much control over this. Like there are so many reasons why you cannot be given an interview. Like when you're applying for a job, they could have already had candidates in mind. They could have hired an internal candidate. They could have changed their mind. They could have changed the job description. They could have changed the role and the requirements they need. There's so many reasons why you may not get an interview. So if I were to say, oh, you applied to these 10 jobs and you got rejected for six, but you got callbacks for four. Oh, well, you're not successful because you didn't get those six. No, we don't want to measure it like that. We want to focus more on, okay, how many interviews are you getting? How can we grow here? But definitely not defining your value on that because your value is is not something that really can be measured. It's not something that can be put into numbers. It's not something that we can put down on paper. It's not tangible. And it really doesn't matter what I or somebody else or a company thinks about you 
because you are you and, and you define your value. And that value is going to be the strongest when you hold it, when you protect it, and when you define it. So the ways to start to do this, and this is a journey that you can start to go on, maybe today, maybe you've already been on it, but starting to create unconditional love within yourself. And this is almost like dating yourself. It's almost like starting to fall in love with yourself again, or if you haven't, maybe for the first time, it's a process. And just like with dating somebody and how you like slowly fall in love with somebody over time, you have to start to slowly fall back in love with yourself too. And so there's so many ways that you can do this. I think one way that people most commonly think about it is like starting to think about self-care and, you know, what are the ways that you can start to care for yourself, whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. There are so many different ways that you can care for yourself. And so that can be a good place to start. But I really like to think about it like dating yourself. Like how can you start to date yourself and treat yourself well the way you would a new partner? So could you literally like go out on dates with yourself? Like maybe if you're not doing this, like once a month would be a good goal. Go out to dinner by yourself, go out to a movie by yourself. I know this can be really hard if you've never done it before, but I can tell you this is like one of the most valuable, valuable, valuable things that you can do for you, whether you're in a relationship or not. It could be if you don't want to like go out in like public, you could like start with going to get a facial or a massage or getting your nails done or just ways to kind of honor yourself. And like I said, with that dating metaphor, like courting yourself, like starting to <laughs> starting to like treat yourself the way you would someone that you were interested in, someone that you really liked and you wanted to start to build more of a relationship with. And so I think starting to build this relationship with yourself is a really great way for you to start to shift and start to create that validation and that love and that unconditional love. Again, unconditional meaning that it's not it's not going to be based on the interviews you get or the raises you get or whatever. It's going to be based on you. And we're right now we're talking about undoing literally like over a decade of programming work, right? So this is going to take time. It's going to take patience. It's going to take consistency. But with time, you really can see shifts. I've seen it so many times with my clients that even in six months, my coaching program is six months, even in a six month period, I see my clients have shifts shift with this. So if you dedicated to this today, you definitely would start to see shifts in the future. But the final thing that I'll say about how you can start to, you know, reteach this inner child, rebuild this belief system is I would start to be thoughtful about your language, the language that you're using, either speaking out loud or internally. And what this language is, is, you know, of course, it's the way we express ourselves, but it is such a great indicator of our subconscious mind and our belief system. And language and words are so powerful. It's such... I think it's one of the best ways for us to shift our mindsets and our inner child, of course, is part of our mindset. And so in order to start to make these moves to, you know, be, be, go from that overachieving kid to someone that just accepts our worth for as it, what it is, start to become aware of things you're saying about yourself, that you're saying about other people, that you're saying about certain situations. And just the first thing to do is just cultivate awareness, like just notice right? Without judgment. And then start to think about how are these words serving me? So if you're saying things like, oh my God, I'm never going to get a job. How does that serve you? Maybe it serves you temporarily for a moment, but that serving, that energy of serving you is likely going to dissipate very quickly. It's going to 
not last very long. And eventually I usually find that it becomes an energy drain. So how can you shift that language to be something stronger, something better, something that serves you more? And when you can start to shift that language, whether that's in what you're speaking or what you're thinking, over time, I do really find that this becomes a way for you to get more in touch with that inner child, get more in touch with your mindset and start to literally speak into existence a new belief system that serves you better. So just to recap what we covered today, there are three things that you can do to start to shift from this overachieving kid to creating more happiness for yourself as an adult and as an employee. And just to be clear before I recap these three steps, you know, it's really about watering the grass where you are. And whether that means you're going to make a career change or not, this is more about focusing on you and creating that inner peace, that inner desire, that inner want, that inner love with you right now. And I know that you all, many of you listening, are wanting a change in your career, whether that's immediately or long term. And when you're wanting this change, certainly we can go after it and, you know, go and find a better environment, a better situation, a better better growth opportunity for you. That's a beautiful thing. And that certainly will help you in so many ways. And, you know, thinking about your career like a resource. But at the same time, I do always encourage my clients to really start to love on themselves in the journey and to start to water the grass where they are right now to find gratitude for where they are to start to embody the person that they want to be to start to think about the feelings that they want to feel in the job that they want in the career that they want and what this does is it creates more abundance it creates more energy for their job searches and at the end of the day, we don't actually want the job. We don't actually want the accolade. We don't actually want the raise or the promotion. We just want how it's going to make us feel. And as overachieving kids, getting the A or the reward or the clapping gave us a feeling of approval, right? Of satisfaction of whatever, whatever feeling comes to you. And so this whole episode is really just about how you can start to create that satisfaction and approval within yourself now. And the job or the promotion or the raise will just be like a cherry on top. It'll just be extra, right? It's not what's actually creating the satisfaction or the approval. It is just an additional bonus that we're getting on top of already approving and loving on ourselves. And this is truly what I find creates beautiful, fulfilling, valuable careers is not really focusing on the job or the thing that we want externally, but more so focusing on creating the feelings that we want internally in ourselves right now, and then finding careers that just naturally align with that vibration. That is how we go from overachieving kids to happy, fulfilled adults in aligned careers. So to recap what I went over, the first thing you're going to do is connect with that inner child, connect with that overachieving kid, that school kid, talk to them, love on them, see what they need. The second thing is to start to create more unconditional love with yourself through self-care, through dating yourself, through loving on yourself and just starting that process, continuing that process if you've been on it, but starting that process today if you haven't. 
And number three is thinking about your language and how you are speaking about yourself, how you are thinking about yourself, because that's a really great way for you to start to literally rebuild that programming in your mind and to start to create better language and better programming that's going to serve you and that inner child better. Thank you all so much for listening in today. I love talking about this topic and I hope it was valuable to you. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to like, rate, subscribe. It really, really helps us in growing this podcast and continuing to do it. So if you are enjoying, please make sure to do so. And if you have questions or you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Chelsea Stokes underscore on pretty much all platforms. So thank you all again for listening so much and I will see you all on the next episode. 